Hello again, and welcome to another episode of A Thousand and One by One, where each week we take a film out of the book, A Thousand and One Movies You Must See Before You Die, discuss it, analyze it, and ultimately decide whether or not it should be in the book. My name is Adam St. John. My name is Britt Reinhold Hobson. And I'm Joey Rogate. And uh, today, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a five-minute window and anything that happens in that in that five minutes, I'm yours. Uh, and we're going to talk about Drive. Uh, but before <laughs> we get to talking about Drive uh, and and all things apparently involved in our LA themed season this year, yes, um, we will we will give you some recommends. anybody Anybody chomping at the bit to give their recommend a start? Yeah, I'll give my recommend. Let's, let's hear it. So I was, you know, I watched a couple movies in preparation for this episode. I was like, do I want to watch like a neon noir? Do I want to recommend another Refin movie? No, I don't. I'm just going to put that out there right now. <laughs> um, but I decided, I all, the other one I was looking into was movies that are all style, no substance. And Oh, I don't if, like that. I- <laughs> if you want a movie that is all style and absolutely no substance, I am going to suggest t- 2009's Red Line, which is currently available on Amazon Prime. Yes, this is an anime. I promise I won't be suggesting many more, if any more, this season. But honestly, there is not another movie that I could think of to pair with this film. I think that we all should do a double feature with this and Drive. (laughs) Redline follows uh, Sweet JP, a lovable crook known for fixing races, who accidentally scores himself a space in the coveted Redline race on Robot World. Okay, I know how weird this sounds. When I first read the premise of this, I had no interest in it, and I just thought, sure, whatever, put it on. I was floored by this film. It is so stylish. It was in production for about seven years. It bankrupted its studio, unfortunately. But my God, every frame is a feast for the eyes. And like I said, I don't care about cars. I don't care about racing. And I really, really love this movie. Plus the soundtrack. The soundtrack always ends up on my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year. It is it much like Drive. This movie is defined by its soundtrack, and it just heightens the experience. So, Drive from 2009. Go, go check it out. It's it's really wonky and weird. There's there's a character called Funky Boy. I love it. What a name! <laughs> it, it Funky Boy. It does it does appear to be free on Tubi and Vudu right now. So you've you got that too if you're just wanting something that you don't you don't got to pay for, which is always nice. Yeah, yeah, and also the um the voice acting for the English dub is really good. There's some great actors in it, so highly recommend the dub as well, but we usually watch it subtitled. Well, because yeah, because you know, we we like It's the way it's intended. We like the yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh Joey, what is your recommend this week? So I didn't know where I was going with this, uh you know, before um I watched it. Then I watched it and it really the movie that came to mind that I watched um, immediately after is 2004's Nightcrawler, directed by Dan Gilroy, starring Jake Gyllenhaal, Rene Russo, uh, Riz Ahmed. It just, I don't know, that's just what I wanted to watch right away, and I did, and it felt like a lovely dark pairing. I was happily sad. <laughs> do you want to tell the, the kind folks a little bit about it if they, uh, if they haven't seen it? Yeah, so it's about um, Jake Gyllenhaal is a reporter trying to... Uh, 
videographer trying to get into the news and just kind of delves into darkness to get him get ahead. Legit. Britt, have you have you seen it? I love Nightcrawler. Yeah, it it's uh it is definitely one of my favorites. It actually I have a little bit about it later on, so put a pin in Nightcrawler. God, I want to say, oh man, I of course like I'm I'm trying to quickly go through my spreadsheet. I wanted to say what either Ian and I either use it as a recommend or a replacement for something, but I can't Oh, interesting. I can't find it. But uh no, big big fans of Nightcrawler. Um and this is this is just a lost cause. So I'm not going to I'm not going to continue <laughs> to look for it. Uh but yeah, uh definitely definitely a fan of that movie. Nice call. Um and and the real LA vibes there too. LA Right. Yeah, it's great. That's great. Just had to stick with the LA just the the nighttime cinematography is where and it it, it just felt right together. I feel like we all need shirts that say we heart LA because we keep talking about <laughs> movies about LA. It's unbelievable. I know. Next next season New York, I promise. We're going to go to movies that are just in New York. Uh well, well my recommend actually just takes us definitely out of LA. Um it takes us to uh the lovely state of Ohio, which I've only spent uh, a little bit of of time in. Um hmm. So the and the only thing that really connects these films is that they they both came out in the same year, but they definitely have um, interesting lead performances in them. Um, and I've been wanting to, I've been looking for an excuse to watch this movie, and I, I found it during my spring break. And so my recommend is from 2011, and it's Jeff Nichols's Take Shelter. Have either of you two seen Take Shelter? I have not. I love Take Shelter. I think it's so good. Um. So uh, Joe, I just got very excited. Nobody talks about take shelter. Yeah, well, and I and I, I, seriously, I, it's it's. I mean, I, I I have it, and I just I've been really I've been looking for just any reason to watch it. And so the the same year brought it to the top of of mind. And um, Joey, it's got two great leads. It's it's Michael Shannon oh. and Jessica Chastain. Um, oh, that's amazing! My, who, my girl Jessica, I yeah. love her. Um, and so basically, it it takes place like it's in in Ohio and. Uh, Michael Shannon plays like a I don't know if he's like an oil driller or something, but he they're digging they're maybe he's fracking. I really I truly don't know. Um Okay. But uh um and he's just sort of this normal guy, but he starts having these like hallucinations of uh a storm and a rain that's gonna fall like motor oil and um he doesn't quite know what's like what's real and what's not. And at first it's dreams, but then part of the dream seeps into his real life. Then you find out later, this is not really a spoiler, but that his his mother suffers from schizophrenia or, or something like that she has so something that she's dealing with um and so but convinced that there's a storm coming he basically choose he he takes out some money to revamp his storm cellar and it really it's it's like this it's a kind of a family drama of this guy who believes something bad's about to happen and jessica chastain with their daughter who is uh who is deaf and they're trying to save money for a cochlear implant which is which is really interesting because it raises a whole nother uh, issue that the movie never really addresses about whether or not that's the right choice for the daughter. Um, but it's this, it's a oh. really, it's, 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 this, it's a really great movie about tr- like trusting the ones you love and, and where, where are your personal limits? And the, the ending is great. It's a really like both devastating, but also um, like really satisfactory ending. Like it, 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 it makes sense. Uh, and I don't know if it's streaming anywhere. Cause of course I just pulled it off my shelf, but um Take shelter. I I really I I really 
Strong recommend for Take Shelter. It's a good one. Well, happy to hear that too, Britt. Glad. I'm glad that you, yeah. you like that movie as well. Um, I really like that director, actually. Yeah, um, and I've I haven't seen Mud, which I know is another one of his movies with McConaughey. I liked it. Yeah. I didn't love it. I've but, seen but... Mud. Mud's fine. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there we go. Uh, Redline, Nightcrawler, and uh, and Take Shelter. Those are our recommends this week. I gotta say, as a person who's seen all of these films, I think that those are solid picks. Perfect. Well, there you go. And, and awesome. I, think, I think you're the only one who has. So, Britt, yeah. Brit, the authority on our recommends this week. Um, yes. Yes, I am. I take that. Um, I take that, and I, I'm very happy about it. Uh, well, now we're going we're gonna to pull up on our e-break and pivot hard over to... Uh, <laughs> To dry. That wasn't even planned, by the way. That was. I'm glad I got a oh, chuckle. Out. I'll take it. I'll take it, Britt. Improv, <laughs> improv, baby. So the the film that we are talking about this week is Drive. Um, it is directed by Nicholas Winding Refn, uh, written by Hussein Amini, based on the novel by James Salas. Britt, you are not going to be the only one in the literary corner this week, because I read Drive as well. Awesome, nice. And I only read it because my my sick 4K collection that I got from Second Sight over in the UK came with not only the novel, but this awesome uh, compendium of essays and storyboards. Oh, this thing is dope. Holy shit. This thing was, was That's I, so amazing. I, I didn't really do any online research for this movie because I felt like I just had it. I had it all in my hand. <laughs> um, you had the actual hit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, um, anyways, uh, we'll we'll talk about the the book in a little bit and some of the differences. Um, and there are quite a quite a few. There are a lot, actually. Yeah. Um, so, uh, starting in our film, we have Ryan Gosling as the driver, uh, Carrie Mulligan as Irene, Brian Cranston as Shannon, Albert Brooks as Bernie, Oscar Isaac as Standard, Christina Hendricks as Blanche, Ron Perlman as Nino, and then uh, the two others I would say is we have Caden. Excuse me, Caden Leos as Benicio, and a very, 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 very small cameo from Russ Tamblin as the doctor. Yeah. For like twelve seconds, maybe. Yeah, just a surprised face. <laughs> I feel like maybe he was somebody's neighbor, and they're like, "Well, Russ is home today. Why don't we just get him over here?" And you know, I could see Russ Tamblin doing that. Oh, I'll just, absolutely. I'll just hop over I, you what? You need me for two hours? I'll, I'll, I'm over. Dr. Jacoby, no problem. Ex- exactly. If I can bring it back uh, to Twin Peaks. Ex- you know I'm going to do perfect, it. Perfect. <laughs> perfect. Um, so this is now. I I will say we're we're <laughs> we're breaking some ground here at a thousand and one by one because Drive is no longer in the book. So this is the first time that we're really focusing on a movie that was once in the book. But is now not in the book. So, uh, and this was the only film that Refn has had in the book. Uh, in terms of accolades, it was up for one Oscar for sound editing. Which, after watching this movie last night, I got to say, I think that was a well-deserved nomination. Personally, uh, it lost to Hugo. Remember Hugo? I don't either. So, nope. <laughs> I tried watching it twice, I think, and I fell asleep both times. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Two yeah. more times than I did. And I yeah. watch anything. <laughs> um, <laughs> now, I, I don't know if we want to... There, there are some of these that we get, we're going to get to that I think are interesting. How do we feel about a Golden Globe nomination for a supporting actor for our friend Albert Brooks in this movie? It's the fucking Golden Globes. Anything's on the table. 
Yeah, I'm I don't think I'm on board with that personally, but you know, go for it. Now, if, if I think I support it. I'm I'm on board with that. I, I love Albert. I well, and and it's funny. I, one some of the things I read was well, I think that's I read this on uh, Letterbox, which of course is not the beacon of anything uh, educational or informed. But uh, somebody said like they just didn't buy him in that role, which I I will say I I did. I I actually I do I do like him in the movie. Whether or not he deserved a nomination, I I really don't know. I don't know. But um, the the Baftas sure uh, threw this movie a lot of nominations, uh, including but not limited to best film, director, supporting actress, and editing. At Cannes, though, I won best director, and it was up for the Palme d'Or. Um, and that year it made the National Board of Review's top 10. Um, I don't know if you do, do we want to guess? Is this movie on the IMDb top 250? I don't think it is. I'm going to go with no. Well, then I'm going to go with yes. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Only one of you can be right, though, in this scenario. And that time it is, it is Brit. Uh, this movie is not. I thought so, but I figured just for you know intrigue. <laughs> exactly. Right, to keep it interesting. Yes, I might. Th- I might throw in some some eerie music of some kind over that. Maybe some of the synth oh. from this. Just please. Like... Oh my God, the world needs more synth. So please throw that in. <laughs> um, it's got a ninety three percent critical and seventy nine percent audience Rotten Tomato scores, which, given uh, a lawsuit from the state in which I live in, I'm not surprised to hear that the audience score is lower than the critical score. That seems to be very much in line. Um, oh, boy. I have to admit something here. I did not do a list. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I, got so, I literally got so caught up oh my God. in what was limited to the box that I didn't even do... <laughs> You know, I actually found a list earlier. I could pull it up and read it if you like. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Unbelievable turn. Only, I mean, only if it's right there. Only if you let have me, it. I think I do. Hold on. Let, let me check my history. It's like top 10 handsomest Ryan Gosling looks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my God. I've got a, oh wait, hold on. I've got a, I've got a silly list. Oh, this is great. Actually, let me, okay. let me, let me run with this. This is, this is, this is totally stupid okay, go for it because i think it was like a neon noir list where it was like titane and uh a bunch of other ones so okay uh here we go this so this this list i might by the way i'm probably going to keep it some of what i just said about not creating the list and then having this in please uh please so uh, over over at ranker ranker.com i I love Ranker.com. They have they hear they have a list here of the best movies with drive in the title. Oh. Are you cool. fucking ready? I can't so wait. So ready. Uh, Where's it from? So this list is uh was updated in 2018. Okay. Um and there's one movie. There is a, a recent, definitely a recent ish movie uh, on this list. Um so these first few are, <laughs> uh, I haven't heard of or they're not good. Uh, the first one uh, from 1996 is called The Drive. Uh, this appears to be um, not a, a foreign film, but I, it's, it stars people I've never heard of. So we're going to quickly move on to our good it's friend. It's foreign to you. It is foreign to me, absolutely. 
Um, we're going to move on to our good friend Nick Cage in another 2011 film called Drive Angry. How can Drive Angry be on any any best of list? I don't or know any list. I don't. That's a great question. Great question. Is that not a cinematic masterpiece though? I think it's like one of the trashiest movies I've ever seen. So that's fair. That's fair. Uh, coming in hot at number eight, uh, recently added to the Criterion Collection from uh, director Raoul Walsh, They Drive by Night, um, which is a Humphrey Bogart film. Uh, number seven, a comedy from 08 I definitely have not seen called Sex Drive. Anybody here seen Sex Drive? Yep. Seth Green's <laughs> a Mormon in it for some reason. Not, not a Mormon and Amish fellow. Sorry. Those are t- <laughs> Listen, those are two different things, buddy. <laughs> They're very different. So I was thinking yes, of something they else. Are. Uh, Clark Duke is in it. Um, I think James Marsden's in it is like the dick old dickhead older brother. It's pretty much like they wanted to make American Pie and like Euro Trip, Road Trip, and there's Amish people. There's it's it's all over the place. It was on. It had like a run of Comedy Central, like late night stuff years ago. So. Yeah, we, than we, anybody should. We need to get <laughs> we need to get through six and five before we get to some good films because these are these are not good. Number six, a movie directed by by famed director of bad movies, Rennie Harlan, Driven, the Ooh, Sylvester Stallone Rennie. movie. Rennie Harlan. <laughs> uh, number five, a movie I've not heard of called Driven. Um, but number four, I guarantee minimum you will have heard of these movies. Uh, number four. Uh, the uh, Edgar Wright Baby Driver. Oh yeah, Baby Driver. Talk about a movie with a with a soundtrack. That one's got a, a quite the the notable soundtrack there. It does, yeah. Yeah, great soundtrack. Uh, number three and uh, movie discussed on the pod and should probably be number one is Mulholland Drive. <laughs> what the fuck is over it? That's <laughs> yeah, well, like what? How is that not number one? But, well, number so number two is drive the reason why we are Fair. we are talking about this list today Perfect. and and the number one which you know depending on who you are and and how long it's been in the firmament it won't be surprising to hear taxi driver oh at okay. number one so there is a okay. bonkers ass list on the best a, movies with drive in the title what's what's the cory hayne cory feldman movie license to drive like Ooh. that is better than three to four of those uh ooh, I don't know. Uh, th- this list goes on below. Oh, license to drive coming in hot at number sixteen. Sixteen. Oh, okay. So it keeps going on the list of um of best movies with the word drive in the title. Um, these I've oh god, I'm lo- I don't wow. These are some I've never even heard of some of these movies, which is probably good. So uh, you got to you got to stretch for a list like this. Like you're going to like real. <laughs> small release like only released in northern michigan for a week <laughs> listen why are you throwing shade at northern michigan why why are you doing that i'm not I'm just, it was it's who it's, you were the, you were in the middle of my computer <laughs> no it's fair please please throw shade at northern michigan it's fine they're not it's too cold for them to care up here anyway um okay so um so Drive, uh, in so many words, follows a man. We don't quite know his name. He goes by driver or, driver or kid. Um, he both works as a stunt driver for the movies, but also drives uh, criminals of various nature in and out of jobs. Um, in his day-to-day, he meets Irene, who is a neighbor of him, and his son Benicio, whom 
despite the lack of obvious emotion on his face, uh, gathers some affection for them. Irene's husband, Standard, is coming out of prison. Um, He is hounded by people who he owes money to and uh, Driver decides to help him. Things go awry. We'll leave it spoiler free for now. And um, essentially, Driver has to clean up the mess that is left after a botched robbery. We'll uh, we'll leave it there. Um, now, Joey, I want to start with you because I couldn't tell from the way that you said this. Was this the first time you've seen Drive or no? No, no I've seen Drive before. Okay, okay. Just... It's been, it had been a while. I saw it when it came out. Well, and I, I, should, I should put out there that uh, when we – so when we moved here – to, to, to where I am now, um, we, I had pre-ordered a TV. Um, I, I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an, an arrogant asshole. Uh, so I'll just, <laughs> just say it. it. Uh, we yeah. sold our house and we made a profit on our house. So I indulged myself in an 85-inch TV. Um, Good for you. And so yeah, when we, I would do the same we, thing. <laughs> when, we, when we got here, uh, we unboxed it and stuff. But it, you know, we didn't have furniture yet for the downstairs. So we, we watched a clip of the the remake of West Side Story, but the first movie that we watched on this TV was Drive. Um, oh, that's awesome. So that that's was solid choice. That was like late June of last year. So it hasn't been quite a year, but I, I, as, as I was thinking about it, have seen this movie a lot. And I, I don't want to come out like I'm swinging too hard early on, but this is like, this is one of my sto- like stone cold take it to the grave favorites. I, I, I it's hard for me to find faults with this movie, and I, I'm I'm looking forward to you poking holes in it because I I just fucking love this movie. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah, so I'm pretty much on your page where I watched it and I was like, watched it last week and I was like, why don't I watch this every week? Was my <laughs> takeaway. So then I watched it again because I was like, oh yeah, it's better every time. So I'm <laughs> I have no holes to poke except holes of you know, nope nope. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, friends, this is going to be a very interesting discussion because I I will start this out by saying I love Drive. I think Drive is a fantastic film, but I had very different feelings towards it this time than I did the first time that I watched it. And I will say I've probably I've watched this movie many, many times, but I don't think I've seen it within the last like three years or so. And I had a very visceral reaction to the driver in particular um, and the driver's motivations in this movie and also the what the director specifically said around his motivations. So I'm, I'm excited to get into this conversation. Um, yeah. So I don't and I don't know particularly where to start. Um, I think and I don't need to progress chronologically, but I think the opening heist uh, i don't want to call it a heist the opening moment with uh the two guys robbing what appears to be like a, a storage facility of some kind some sort of factory storage facility um i think this this opening 10 minutes does this quite a bit and and it gives you a really good feel of what kind of movie this is going to be um so i i want to start with uh the the i guess the the actual direction of the movie and there was this really great uh visual essay that accompanied the the 4k and it talked about how in that opening moment, or the opening moments when he picks up the guys, how the camera stays in the car the entire time. And the only time that the camera comes out of the car is when he opens the car door, but he's essentially inviting the camera, whoever, into the car. Um, and so it's the kind of thing where when you, have, when, you, when you see that pointed out to you, 
And then, and I, I watched that before I rewatched the film, and then I watched. I'm like, this is just great. It keeps you enclosed with Driver, and it it certainly is not the kind of chase him up, you know, shoot him up kind of a movie that we might think this is going to be. It's way more of a thinker, and it's way more, I guess, what it would feel like to be in the car when something like that happens. Um, so I, I would start there with that, and and also. I don't know how to get to it yet, but the soundtrack, but also the sound editing. I mean, throughout the movie, I I realized at one point that we could hear the hum of the engine. The at that point, it would have been the Cliff Martinez score, the the basketball game, and the police scanner. And and what's and what's great is I think in another movie, those four things would not go well together. But there's something about the way that it's handled in this movie where everything actually accentuates the other. And it puts you more in the movie than I think takes you away from the movie. It's it's a technical feat. It's it's genius. It it makes everything feel so lived in. And um, I I think that opening shot is so important because, especially if they decided to go with the normal route of showing like the police cars coming after a car going down the road, it would take you out of the scene and it would take you away from who you're supposed supposed to um to become. Uh, to to start to empathize with right and instead you're you're right in there you're so close that you feel like you can hear him breathe you feel like you you're a part of this car chase and it's it's so important in building uh trust between the audience and this less than moral character we're going to be following throughout this film it's perfect you if they changed it it would not be the same movie yeah totally agree the beginning i mean everything about it and then when the basketball game like kicks in it's you're you don't even know why you're listening to it uh, yet because it's it's so just smart and effective and then when it pays off you're like holy shit like just so many layers and steps and everything just the way even just the way the helicopter light is moving and how just he dances with it it's such a brilliant opening every time i watch i just want to go back and watch it i'm I just want to live in it longer and longer because it's just so great. Yeah, there's, there's, and it's not that the whole movie, it's not like it's a, it's a twist kind of movie, but the payoff of pulling into the Staples Center and parking and just, and then just leaving the car and that the whole thing is, is, you know, he doesn't ever have to look back at those guys again, flips the jacket, puts on the hat. And I love the way he almost like semi-intentionally kind of runs into the cop before he gets out of the way. And then, when the fucking was it? Is it uh, Nightfall kicks in? Um, what is that song yeah. called? Oh my dude! And this is like, and then you're in it. You're just fuck. I even wrote the credits rule in this movie. Yep, they do. Everything. They're so good. Yeah, like you get mad, you have to blink. The movies you're just so full in at that point, which is, I mean, how do you? It's you know, not many movies do that. They try all these things, and this just brings you in it makes you want to live with this guy you're never going to find out what happened to the two thieves they don't matter it's all about driver and, and he lets you know that by like he never looked back oh he yeah, no, job. yeah he steps out of that car he takes his jacket off he puts it inside out and puts it over his shoulder and i'm like why are you so cool this is awful you are not a cool guy but damn you pulled that off well, and it's and that's and I wrote down at one point I go and I did I I I swear I didn't do this to poke at you Joey but I wrote I, I I'm gonna take this Gosling over La La Land Gosling and oh, and shots fired. I just I, I just 
it's the it's this in this movie to me it's so it's so effortless and I don't and I I don't know if it's cool or confident and I loved Britt I love your less than moral character that's so that's so great which makes which makes following him through this movie so interesting and I think this time thing uh two things that I caught that I hadn't quite connect like I hadn't quite connected these two things together until this watch which is in those in the opening credits he he goes into his, his apartment leaves the keys in the lock looks around and is like not and goes back out and just drives because in in every sense of that word he drives he drives for the movies he drives for criminals but he also just drives and i think that's great but then connecting it to something that happens later is when he's sitting with benicio and he goes how do you know which ones are the bad guys and the kid goes well it's the sharks it's like it was like have you ever seen a good shark he's like no but what's one thing we know about sharks they have to keep moving. Sharks keep moving. But it's not that sharks are bad. They might look bad. And I just had this like shark driver connection. He has to keep moving. And this is the closest he's ever come to not moving. And it's and then and then with this very ambiguous past of his, like it all those things kind of come together and it just makes for a like a, a, a it's just a really interesting character in the movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, and we we say less than moral, but he has a code, right? He has his own laws he that he lives by. So you know, and you know, I think this is a movie that's philosophically all over the place, right? So master morality, right? He lives by his own laws, and there's zero compromise. I, I will say that I do find the driver pretty problematic now. Um... As I'm an older lady, uh, I'm 33 now, I'm married, I'm no longer looking at him going, God, I really just, he's, he'll do anything for anyone. You know, he, he wants to make sure people are protected. Whereas now I'm like, mm, you're kind of overstepping, man. Like, so, step back. So but now we I, can. Well, no, no. Well, I, I, I'd love to stick with that because I want to know, I'm, I'm curious to know what the, where the genesis of that is. Because I, I, I think this is going to open an interesting conversation. So, um. In this movie, something that I found while rewatching it, um, there there are no women in this movie that are basically like we have Irene and we have Blanche, yeah. and they're both kind of just stock characters. Let's be real. Um, actually, I I went down a whole thing of the Madonna and the the mistress or ma- the Madonna and the I'm sorry to say this, but the whore from Freud, which is really problematic. But it, it basically is what happens in the movie um, with these two characters. But the males in this character, they are all incredibly violent characters who don't see a way forward without violence. They also only show their emotions through violence. So uh, jumping forward a bit, but when uh, Bernie gets upset with Nino and Cook is there, he stabs Cook violently and says, now you got to clean it up. And that's how he expresses his his. Um, you know, anger for what Nino did when um, Irene is in the is in Irene and, and Benicio are in danger and they're in the elevator and the driver is obviously upset that they are in trouble and it's his fault. He lashes out very violently in order to show how he's feeling and to protect her. I didn't see it as protecting her. I saw it as lashing out and it was was hard for me to watch because I felt like just that's not that's not that's not a good image. Oh well, so I, 
Oh, yeah, Joey, yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. Go, no, no, Joey. So, in the elevator, you would have preferred him to get into a shootout? No, I, I would no. No. And I do think, like, I am a person, I love gore. I love it. I think that sh- that scene is absolutely great. I'm just saying that, like, now watching back at it, like, looking at it now, it's super problematic to me that he idolizes Irene in a way that he doesn't even f- talk to her about what could potentially happen um, prior to the elevator scene, which, you know, maybe he didn't have an opportunity to. I just think that there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of problematic things about our, our said driver. I think that he probably didn't need to smash his head. Like, let's be real. He probably could have done something other than smash his head. Uh, but he's a completionist. I guess so. Well, I mean, and, and it, it, that's a great scene. I that I I love that scene, but I still find it. I find the whole thing really problematic and icky. Well, uh, so one thing I want to I want to throw out there is that uh, Benicio was not in the elevator in that yes. scene. Yes. No. Oh no, Benicio no, wasn't no. in the elevator. Uh, but uh, and it's and like, you know, I think as as human beings outside of of watching this movie, of, of, did he need to, to smash his head? And of course, he didn't need to smash his head. And but there's something about where it go like the fact that we don't get any backstory about driver and that in this moment he he reaches because before this is when that we and we'll i'm sure we'll get to that moment too but the, there's the motel room scene and everything that happens there which is and i you know without getting to it is definitely him more reacting to the circumstances of the people coming in so that's that's over yes. here um but in the elevator scene there was something about whether or not it's it's because he idolizes uh, Irene, which I think to some extent he does, or there's just a switch where it goes over. And it's and and I mean, I guess, Joey, to use what you said, because he's a completionist, because he's not going to stop until he's absolutely certain that this guy isn't getting up. I think what makes that, that scene so interesting is that it meets its both things. And the fact that in his mind, he is trying to protect her, but by doing it, he, sh- like, he shows himself. And then... And I think it's it's I mean, and I'm, this might be very obvious, but the reason why he doesn't try to make contact with her really again after that is because of that scene. Like, there's no way she has seen a side of him that cannot be unseen. And even though she maybe still has feelings of, of, of affection, of being a friend or whatever. I mean, she he was there during a very interesting time. I mean, talk about him like this movie didn't make me cry save one moment and the way that she looks at him when he is carrying Benicio in from the car ride fucking Christ almighty I was like because I've seen when I when I've carried one of our kids from our bed to their bed because they've fallen asleep and the way that I see Melissa look at me like I've seen that look that's a look of like I agree it's just it's there's just that look was so true to life um but but she's also now seen him squash somebody's fucking skull in. So it's like you can't unsee right. that, which is again, I oh, I don't know. I the, the ah ah <laughs> And I also think that scene also because you know, the motel room scene, he's like you said, he's reactionary. When we see him now kind of go on the offensive later, we have to see that he's a actual threat to Bernie and the posse, not just a reactionary driver. And I think the elevator scene shows that, yeah, he can go up against the you know these guys i also do want to point out that and i think super valid points i totally agree with what you're saying um i do want to point out that right before they get in the elevator irene does slap him um so i think it 
there could be an interpretation that he's also upset about the fact that he's a not going to be able to be with Irene. She is in danger. And also the fact that she has violently lashed out against him for something that he has done. And he could be subverting that anger elsewhere. I read into that, but I am also just not as taken with this movie as I used to be. Well, and it's and again, I think because of the the intentional lack of dialogue for a driver in the movie, we're never going to know, you know, I think. Mm. And I think. No. And the I, I do. I mean, overall, I appreciate the fact that this movie does allow us allow us to make some conclusions, but also trust us to connect the dots. I love um, this is later in the movie, uh, but it's when um, it's when Driver is talking to Bernie on the phone and Bernie goes, me, you and the girl are the only players left in the game. He's not just saying that he's saying that's an active threat against Irene without it right. having to be an active threat against Irene. And there are multiple moments of that in the movie where we're not actually saying the thing out loud that we're really getting at. And I, I other that's what and what makes this sort of a. And I don't know, a Nicolas Cage ink movie is like, we're going to over explain everything just. And I think and I think and again, I this who cares about Rotten Tomato scores? But I think that that's why there's a discrepancy in the Rotten Tomato scores, because I think audiences like our, our woman in Michigan um, expected a different kind of movie and maybe oh, maybe had to yeah. do more work oh, yeah. than and they wanted people- to. People like having things. They think they're going to see a mindless action movie and instead they're seeing this thoughtful philosophical movie that's very different than what you would think from you know i was i actually watched a bunch of, tra- of the trailers for this and you don't know what you're watching you know for all the great reasons but you don't know what you're getting into so i think that has to do with it i think people like things handed to them i like think so, you know like i think we're all very much on the same page we want to do work with movies other people want to sit and not think and that's what both are fine but i think that's where this movie, you have to kind of pay attention to what's being said and how it's being said and what's not being said. Anyways, completely. I, I, yeah, I just, I don't know. I, I'm, but I'm glad. I, I definitely wanted to kind of get get that out there because, um, I mean, there are there are m- multiple moments through the movie where, uh, you know, dr- whether it's because he's reacting or because of an unexplained past, driver makes choices that he does. Um. Do we want this to maybe be a little a little section where we can talk about some of the differences in the book? Because some sure. of that some of that past is really explained um, in oh, they the novel. Do go into the past. By really explained, it's over explained. There, there's oh, a whole so God. the movie or the movie the book is is doesn't really move forward in a in a, in a total total holy shit in a total <laughs> linear fashion. No, um, it's. You know, there are there are flashbacks and things and he talks about like he, he was in foster care. He he um, uh, there was some violence he ex- he experienced and saw early in his life. Um, and then his and dad then, was a used, used <clears throat> him on jobs and everything. So he kind of was conditioned from a young age to be uh, involved in illegal activities and then and then some of the um so and there's there's uh, there's some past things that are explained but then also just some storytelling things that are that are just different uh irene is arena and um uh uh driver gets along very well with standard um yeah i actually liked that change it's uh uh it's it's their 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 buddies um a job still goes wrong and that's what puts them on the uh on, on the um 
on the defensive there. Uh, Bern, uh, is, is it? Are they still called Bernie and Nino in the book? It's been a while since yeah, I read are. it. Yeah, they are. They're still Bernie and Nino in the book. And there, there's more about them and like coming from New York and setting up shop. Uh, but uh, but really, there's um, it's definitely from uh, driver's perspective. But there's definitely yeah. more laid out. There is, and I didn't enjoy the nonlinear um, the the nonlinear setup of the book because I feel like when you have something that's nonlinear the prior scene should be leading into whatever the next nonlinear scene is because there needs to be some connection and in the book I didn't feel like there was any connection it just kind of bounced from from memory to memory and it didn't suit it in my opinion Uh, especially at the end also at the end uh, it says like that the driver does not die at that time. He dies many, many years later. And apparently the only person that he mourned was Bernie Rose. And I was like, why? Yeah. Why? This is. And I think it's because, oh, they're similar people. But I, I really, really didn't like the ending. I will say, uh, as somebody who does not have that much free time to just read books, this was a hella quick read i mean oh it was so quick i think i i think i blo- i got this out in two different hour-long office hour settings and i was just cool i just very very fast read so it, and it's very you know it's a it's a pulpy noir crime novel it just it yeah you just blaze through it very fast yeah um but there but but obviously there's a there is i mean he's still kind of enigmatic he still goes by driver in the book but there is there is way more information kind of laid out to you so he's not quite as mysterious in the book as he is in the movie which in the movie he he's very mysterious which did you like i don't it's not that i don't like this movie it's just that as an older woman i have come to it with with different eyes and and there are certain things that i was like oh this is like the disturbed loner trope that's that is very very scary kind of like travis in um taxi driver it's a similar character oh no he holds a woman on a pedestal and goes on a violent rage after uh after something happens it's it's a very very similar type of movie but one is from this like kind of romantic fairy tale aspect and the other is a little bit more nihilistic in in tone well, and and I I will say, well, and both movies have Albert Brooks. Um, <laughs> uh, <Yep>. <laughs> <laughs> his eyebrows in one of them. <laughs> ex- yeah, ex- yes, exactly. More, there was more, there was more hair up here for Brooks in the in the seventies, and 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 less <laughs> less here. Yeah, in Drive. Um, Oh, I was going to go somewhere after that, but then I I did that whole thing. I did a whole gesture thing with hair, and it's gone. It's out of my head now. <laughs> You'll, it'll come back. Oh, it'll come it, back. It was. It was. Uh, Hair doesn't it, come back, guys. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm. I don't. Joey, where do we go from there? I don't know. I don't know how to pivot from that. <laughs> well, uh, okay. So, I want to talk about Nino for a second because I love the character of Nino. I don't think I like the way Ron Perlman goes about it, and I'm not sure I like Ron Perlman very much. That's... in general, and that's. Like, my biggest criticism of this movie is this character I really like. I think the actor did only a decent job. Yeah. Ron Ron Perlman is an interesting specimen because in, like, in another world, this is, like, a, a Dolph Lundgren kind of actor who really just does. But, like, the thing about, uh, so, the, I mean, obvi- like, one of the things about Ron Perlman is that he, like, he also exclusively works with Guillermo del Toro, like, which is, like, right. so he certainly <laughs> picks his projects and his directors well he it's funny the the moment in the movie where i like when they're in the car shop and he's like this is one 
what, like pussy getting motherfucker or whatever. It's like, oh, I was just looking for that line. Yeah, Sorry, I yeah. was like, oh, all right, dude, you're uh, you're really going for it. My favorite moment with him in the movie is when, <laughs> is when uh, Gosling is walking up to Nino's in the in the mask, and um, it's slow motion, and and Nino is laughing his ass off, and the woman next to him is looking like. I, dude, you are fucking no selling him completely. It is that's my favorite scene of Nino, because and that's why because in the car in the in Shannon's like garage when he this pussy like I fucking hate him. I the see guys mobile. like that around New York all the time. I can't stand him. Oh, we need a racetrack out here. Like I fucking can't stand you. Like it's all fake bravado. So him laughing and the pretty woman just completely no selling him. I was like, that's amazing. And oh that, my that I was. The other, the other, I, the, and, I, and, and Brittany, I will, you're absolutely right. But outside of Irene and, uh, and Blanche, it's basically like strippers or prostitutes or like, it, it's, it's not very well. And I get that this is like a crime movie with dudes, but I will say the, again, the, the non-reaction of the strippers to when Cook gets his hand smashed again, I'm like, that is unbelievable. That's so great. What, and like the one being like, yeah, it's in there. And like, what she, have you seen? What I, have you seen that you're, much. that a man getting... Just de- destroyed with what, a hammer. That that man too. I think specifically like this guy. Right. Like, well, oh, that helps. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, if Gosling got hit, I think they'd all react. They'd be like, no. <laughs> or honestly, they'd probably be like, okay, take it outside. We're actually working right now, and we'd like to make some money. Yeah. Which good on them. <laughs> make <laughs> that sure. money. I'm sure, Cook's done some things. You know, Cook's given bullets to children, so that I'm sure they were all. Yeah, I'm sure if he got away, they would have helped the Goss man. So, so this is this is over oversharing moment, uh, and I'm and maybe maybe we'll end up cutting this. But I I've I've done I've actually included this in some some theater work that I've done. One of my earliest memories as a kid is is watching something very very bad happen to my my father in a very similar way as Benicio. I was never oh, handed I was never handed a bullet, but um but but like very very similar at a very similar age, and so like that I, I think and I could easily see people look at that moment and go. Like, th- like this is ridiculous or whatever, but it's like, nah, it's no, really, real. really very, very real. And the when the bullet is revealed later, I that's again like, like, and obviously that that resonated with me when I when I watched it like at first, but now it's like now with kids, like I was visibly seething. Like if you could have like, there was probably smoke emitting from my ears when that moment happened. I was very, very upset when that moment happened. When when Driver gets the bullet, you see like. It's. I think it's like the only time his face kind of get, tips his hand at all, and I, you know, and that's why I love his motivations from there. Um, what you know, whatever they are with Irene, but I think there is something with Benice. Whatever it is, he's he's seen some things, and he doesn't want Benicio to to be in that. And the bullet that 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 affects him, because guys do do this, right? Like this is a thing that happens. If you can't get me, I will be take your family, but make you what? Like this is a thing that happens, deadly. In yeah. this awful world, so you know it's it's dark and it's 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 real. And as much as I did say about like how I think that their motivations for violence in this aren't necessarily like top tier where they should be, I did really want him to to hammer that bullet right into the cook's head. <laughs> like I did, because let's be real, I love me some good gold work. So I, yeah. Well, and was... that, and but and I'm so glad that you mentioned the way that 
Nino and Bernie handle the cook situation at the end because one of the things I wrote down was like, isn't this how power works, right? Somebody with enough power fucks up and instead of him really having to seek the immediate repercussions, it's everybody oh, else. And I, yeah. and while that's not a, I wouldn't say it's a prominent theme in the movie, it's cert- like it rang really true in that moment. Yeah. Very. Um, I didn't really enjoy the scenes between Nino and Bernie, to be perfectly honest. They're probably probably my least favorite actors. Um, I didn't really believe Bernie that much. Um, oh, I did. I, I didn't for the most part. Of course, the scene with Shannon, absolutely. I was like, oh, okay, now I'm on your side more. But before that, I, I was, I did not, I did not find him scary. And I didn't, I didn't particularly particularly think he was doing a good job sorry it's really cold in here today so i'm kind of like trying to speak and can't <laughs> oh no you're 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 solid um yeah. well, well and two, two things to respond to that well one is i think this this movie has such a better cast than it really deserves i mean oh yeah winding refin really at this point i mean i know and and yes he was big in in uh, with kind of the dogma 95-esque movement um, and he had made films that were very popular, obviously overseas. But like, as an American, like or, uh, films being popular in America, not really at the top there. And I mean, he is getting a lot of people. Like, really, I mean, Cranston, I think, is still doing Breaking Bad at this point. And yes, you you got Cranston during Breaking Bad to come in and play. Don't get. I I just kept writing like, what a lovable sleazeball this guy is, right? Oh. And like, and I love it, Shannon. And and I, I think what moment like moments in this movie kept landing like really per like I know Shannons I know people who despite their their best intentions really think about money and just have the worst luck the worst luck like they I I don't know I I thought Cranston brought such a a nice humanity and I love the little the like. The really the only one exposition dump we get is when he's like, "This kid came in six years ago and I gave him a job, and oh, he'll he'll give you left home. He's the best guy I know." I mean, we don't, you know, that's that's I feel like that's J- James Salas's novel kind of coming in a little bit there. Um, yeah, but uh, but I mean, I just I do I love I and um and that kind of goes into the Brooks thing. I didn't find Albert Brooks scary early on, but that's also why I liked it because I felt like well, Perlman's the big fucking intimidating one who's kind of an idiot and Brooks is the thinker and so I think I and I'm, now I gotta really you know dig into the recesses of my brain but I think the the moment where Bernie stabs Cook in the throat and the first time I watched it I was like I didn't know he was like this guy was capable of that um which shows just how fucking depraved and and power hungry these two Bernie and um and Nino are and that was fucking devastating yeah <laughs> I, you know, when, when Bernie and Driver first meet and, you know, Driver doesn't want to shake his hand. He's, oh, my hands are dirty. And Bernie says, oh, you know, mine are too. Um, I, I love Bernie, that kind of calm, psychopathic confidence that just is seething. And when, he, you know, the scene with him and Shannon in the garage, when he slices his arm and he's like, it's, it's, it's going to be OK. It won't hurt. Like, but just how violent and quick it is. This, you know, this isn't his first rodeo. And it's just so intimidating listening to nemo's dad just absolutely <laughs> fucking shit up right um but but bernie absolutely worked for me the entire time because of that you know the calmness of someone who clearly people who clearly has power just the way other people react to him when you know shannon's with him and Nino asks about shannon's leg and he says oh i paid my debt 
And there's just so much that you're learning about it and how all this revolves around Bernie. And um, God, I think he did a great job. I, I think he, if he was yelling, screaming, that wouldn't kind of juxtapose against the, the bravado dumbass of Nino. Oh, I totally agree with that. I, I don't want him to be yelling or screaming. Um, I, I appreciated how understated he was, but there was just something about it that I just didn't quite buy that he could have that turn. Um, again, he has one scene, the scene with Shannon. I was completely on board with him, and I, I, I don't know why I don't feel like it connected other places for me, but it did connect in that scene, and that scene is fantastic. But... um. But I, I agree. I think like he's not bad, though. He's not bad. He's just not my favorite. Can I, I just as a, as a thought experiment? I was curious just now. So I looked it up. I want to give you the list of of nominees for best supporting actor that year at the Oscars. So, OK, so Christopher Plummer wins for beginners, which I'm f- I'm fine with him winning or being in, in the bunch. Here are the other four. Fine. Kenneth Branagh in My Week with Marilyn. Jonah Hill in Moneyball, Nick Nolte in Warrior, which is the one I'm definitely okay with, um, and Max von Sydow in Extremely Loud and Incredibly Close. Are we could, so we're saying we couldn't, we, we couldn't get Albert Brooks into this batch of Best Supporting Albert Actors? Albert Brooks could take over for two people in there. E- easily, yes. Yeah, Albert Brooks, Albert Brooks belongs in there. Have you, have you seen Extremely globe. Loud and Incredibly Close? Oh. I watched like half of it and then just turned it off. Oh. I have, and it was extremely terrible and very long and never. I don't. I think it's still on somewhere. <laughs> Probably. Somebody just oh, paused it and walked away ten years ago. Um, <laughs> uh, oh man! So Albert Brooks belongs in there. Yeah, I, justice for Albert. I, I I do I do I do like him in the movie as well. Um, so can I can I give you I want to give you all my favorite line in the movie. I'm not going to say it nearly as cool, but I want to give you my favorite line. Go for it. How about this? Shut your mouth or I'll kick your teeth down your throat and I'll shut it for you. Holy shit. Great line. I uh, I mean and I I just and again scenes where not much happens and I the and then my favorite detail of that scene is you can watch him watch the guy walk all the way back down to where he was sitting. I fucking oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> Britt, ruin it. Ruin it for me. <laughs> I just feel like it was an overreaction personally. But again, going back to him um, lashing out after he has an experience that he doesn't necessarily enjoy, it does track with what happens in the elevator. So I also it's and it's in the in the book, obviously, they, they kind of flesh out more of how he gets into this world and, and kind of how yeah. he, he gets these jobs. And and so again, the reason why I think I, I like it so much is it's like, like like I when I like whenever that job was like when I parked that car, you didn't exist anymore. Why the fuck are you here? And I just and yeah, was it overreaction? Sure, but like it's an overreaction that I fucking loved. I just dug it so much. And it has to protect himself. It protects his whole gimmick. You know, you can never talk to me on this phone again. You have the five minutes. Like that's it. Like so, anything outside of that is breaking the rules. It's all about. His he has an uncompromising nature, and whether the outside world agrees with it or not, he sticks with it because that's what protects him. I think maybe my biggest issue with this, I'm going to be perfectly honest, is that I also looked into what a lot of people said about this film and like how they felt about this film. 
And um, one thing that, that I found particularly disturbing was how many people idolize the driver and, and say, oh, oh, this, this is me. me. Like, like, I am this person. And I'm like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that the driver is a psychopath. Like, like I'm pretty positive that he's not a, a, a good, good man. man. So, so, so I found that a little bit disturbing to go through Reddit and see how many people were, were saying that they saw so much of themselves in the driver. And and and, 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 and it's also, also from this time period, I started going through like a list of tropes of, of, of people specifically men doing, doing things, things in movies. movies. So, so like, like there's, there's disturbed loner, loner men, men who do things to help the helpless, helpless women, women and children. children. Like, I, I have, have a ton of movies like listed out that have, have so many tropes, tropes that, that drive has, that, that people idolize, and, and that, that just kind of makes my stomach turn a little bit. Yeah, and listen, that that's people completely missing or just being willfully idiots. But, you know, I think a lot of that is what we were kind of talking about earlier. Those are probably also the people who think this movie is just an hour and 41 minutes of what's in front of them and not seeing back. I think of the Tom Haverfords in Parks and Rec who, you know, just got the coat because they think he makes them look cool and has the toothpick because it makes them look cool. And, you know, he's just not a fucking loser who's like, oh, no, I'm this guy. And you're not, you know, you're not. But that's, you know, unfortunately people who miss the point are usually the worst people it's true unfortunately and it's just one of those things where it's like scary to think about and 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 i'm purely saying this as a woman like my experience is different in the world um it's going to be and that's a scary thing to think about going out and like luckily i'm married i don't have to go dating anybody i'm good but but like that that would be upsetting i can understand why irene would slap him when he says that because he literally didn't do anything to protect her at that point he actually (laughs) helped cause the situation that they're in so of course she would get upset with him um but anyways that's just i i thought i should explain where i'm coming from when it came to that specific thing no oh for sure and and again like i i i totally i agree with both of you you know and i think that's that's like the people who interpret this as a as a cool character i i you know i I think they've missed the point um and this and to bring back this trope, I feel like the people who are voting Joker onto the IMDb top two fifty, like those are exactly. the same. It's still there. Yeah, <laughs> but it's this, but it's the same people. It's the same people who are like walking, who are like, oh yeah, I'm in the joke, I'm Joker crew while oh, wearing totally. a scorpion jacket. Like they're, they just don't understand. Like they're, they're just watch, they're watching. You're watching the same movie, but they're watching a different movie. Totally, totally. But, but I, the, but the, I, I'm glad you kind of bring up the, the, the male loner who is kind of out to fix things because there's a, there is a whole slew of very patriotic Mark Wahlberg movies that are very much like this, and yeah. and they're surface level, but they, but those are the movies that like face value. It's like, I, there's a lot of people probably right down the road who are like. Mark Wahlberg and Shooter. That's who I want to be, man. That's me. <laughs> Fucking Patriot. Do you know what I'm like? Th- right. And so, and so, if if those people watch Drive and get to the same conclusion, it's just hard for me to go. We watched different movies because, and 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 again, I think that's what I like about the. I'm not about Driver, but the, but the movie is that I don't I don't empathize with him. I don't. I I think it's I'm watching this guy go through this moment, and the movie only. It's you know I'm I I feel like I'm a big proponent of watching movies and like we start we start from a certain place and it has to make sense and we everything has to so the like this is the job that happened before the night that he first really saw Irene and then we're there right and Irene is the catalyst for where this movie starts um 
but it's not like he he hasn't really like it's not the kind of wooing her courting her that you would see in something else and the fact that it goes so violently and and poorly is what makes it interesting um oh yeah no it's it's a great movie it's very interesting it's just yeah i agree with that i completely agree so for other more i guess pessimistic reasons i also rewatched um gatsby around this you know time oh um yeah yeah Uh, well because yeah if you've listened to me on any podcast i've been super mean about the terrible movie elvis and um i've said a couple times that the only movie i like of buzz lerman is gatsby um so it's like oh let me go watch that and carrie mulligan's in it i really like carrie mulligan and i was like hmm is driver better than buzz baz sorry is 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 driver better than baz lerman's tom buchanan and i say yes I mean, Tom Buchanan is very problematic, so... Tom Buchanan in the book is problematic, but he's at least interesting. The way Baz Luhrmann presents him is, you know, the Baz Luhrmann way he presents everyone. Oh, I'm I'm a big Romeo plus Juliet fan, so I I just can't understand the hate for Baz. I can't. Oh, he's terrible. But (laughs) Carrie Mulligan just causing extreme reactions it was a constant consistent theme between the two movies <laughs> now have have you two i mean just keeping it with carrie mulligan have you two seen shame yes no i haven't watched shame oh god damn that movie oh I, that that i think that was when i because carrie mulligan really kind of came to prominence in 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 in, in education uh which i think was oh yeah. nine um mm-hmm. and then I mean, she picked really good movies, and some of them were more critically lauded than than commercially lauded. Um, but like this run of like of this and Shame, and um, uh, she's also in Wildlife, which is Paul Dano's uh, directorial debut. Um, mm-hmm. I, she just, I, I continually respect Carrie Mulligan's choice of kind of like, um, <laughs> funnily enough, Ron Perlman. Like she picks good directors and scripts to work with, and I every time I see her in something, I'm like, I, I'm for. I'm all for Carrie Mulligan. I do Me love too. Carrie Mulligan. I, I always, she's always she's good in everything. I my again, sorry. I, one of my one of my favorite moments in this movie is when Standard comes home and it's the welcome home dinner, and it's like she doesn't want to fucking be there, and dry and 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 our driver does not want to be there either, and he goes to leave, and she's outside, and they chat, and he makes a joke about wanting to call the cops, and she goes, "I wish you would." And it just, again, it, it like very close to rip my heart out because it's like she's not just making a joke, man. She kind of wishes you would call the fucking cops. Oh, I love it so much. It's so That's good. good. Well, I think Standard is a great character that could have been a very one-dimensional stupid character. And they do such a good job of making it interesting. If he was just like jealous idiot bro for no reason, but instead he was not. He came home and... Oscar Isaacs does a fantastic job as he always does and makes Standard a very, you know, interesting. We don't know what he went over for, but it was, you know, stupid. Now he, you know, just there's no forethought with him. Everything is just, you know, you know, paying money for protection, not thinking of all the chaos that that's going to cause and what problems and now his family and just everything. But there's a genuineness to his problems and his idiocy. So I, I think that character could have been really bad i fully agree um i think i can say at this point that standard is my unsung hero of the film 
Oscar Isaacs in particular. Um, Mine too. A, really? Yeah. Yes. Because I think that character not working, if that character's stupid, I don't think anything makes sense. Like, I think he has to yeah. be, there has to be a redeemability to him to make everything balance off. I totally agree. And I think that he could have been a low level gangster that's just like any other criminal. And Oscar Isaacs, when he originally signed on, he didn't like the character and he brought it up to Refn and they kind of reworked it and recreated it so that this was someone who was sympathetic, who like didn't mean to fall into this line of work, but was trying to get out. And it's a tragedy, really, what happens to Standard. And you can tell how much he loves his family just from like even when he's like kind of holding his son and yeah it could be seen as like a oh yeah this is my son but when he's in the hallway kind of you know I, showing I, up i hear you've been driver, coming over it, yeah 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 i hear you've been yeah, coming over it, a lot. it felt really like it, it did feel more like it didn't feel like he was trying to to show like this is my son it felt like no, he, he wasn't was like oh no swearing up he was just like figuring it out exactly and and I thought that was a really well shot scene, by the way. That scene is so well shot because every time we see Irene when it's when it's both of them, um, she's directly in the center. So she's in the center of their quadrants. It's just brilliant. It's it's such good filmmaking right then. Uh, and they all they're, they're just such good actors. Anyways, um, standards, my my unsung hero. I'll stop talking now. I talk too much. No, standards mine. I, I think he's fantastic. He's, yeah, I said all my piece about him, but I just think Oscar Isaacs just brings so much to it that, and you know, him and Ryan Gosling should just do more stuff together. Yeah, they had real chemistry. I I think so too. I would have loved another like another scene of them kind of semi planning the the pawn shop job. Would have been just nice to see them some talk more together. Um. Yeah, there's a great my my. You mentioned good shots, and I and I I want to pick up mine now because it, it it relates to standard, but not with him in the room. It's it's early on in the movie. He's helped driver has helped them bring the groceries home, and he's talking to Irene. And it's a shot of Irene dead on, and we can see Ryan Gosling's reflection in the mirror, and on the mirror is a picture of Standard and Benicio. That shot does so much fucking storytelling. It is. And it's not like it's not a flashy Spielberg shot, right? It's not about magic hour or or like lovely camera angles. It just it puts everybody of importance in frame at the same time. It's it's a fucking amazing shot. It's a great shot. That was almost my favorite shot of the film as well. Very close. <laughs> yeah, I just kept having lists of my favorite shots, and that was definitely always in the running. One thing I noticed it's... too. Oh, sorry, Britt, go ahead. I, I literally had nothing exciting to add to it. I was just filling space because I, I, I talk too much. So go, please. I was just going to say another thing I noticed in that scene. And um, I, did you notice the, the artwork in Irene's apartment? No. So I'm going to be perfectly honest. No. Particularly, no. In the main room and also in Benicio's room and also the cups they are drinking out of uh, at the dinner, they, it's it's um, of flowers, but the flowers are very much like wilting and are like petals falling off. And it, I, I didn't, and again, I never noticed this before this watch. And when he first comes in, when they first enter the apartment, when he's helping with the groceries, I noticed it. I was like, 
oh, that's a sign of things to come. And then later, when he, he at one point, he moves Benicio from the living room to his bed. He, in Benicio's room, there's also something. I'm like, oh, like just like that. This this is this all things must come to an end, and that this dry you know driver's moment of of happiness or whatever this is for him like this is not gonna last this is not forever well on that note i will say that my favorite shot of the whole movie is when they're driving in the car uh right after the phone call where irene's fixing her hair and irene tells driver that standard is coming home and he stops at the red light and it's just a red light on both of them and you can see it's like the death of something right there it's almost as if that shot is telling them do not move forward if you go past this moment it's all done from here and it's true that's the moment where the movie shifts there's a palpable shift in the film um and i just think it's it was so well done i mean this shot is this whole movie is technically just beautiful the don't even get me started on the freaking lighting oh my god it's beautiful the lighting is unbelievable throughout the entire movie every scene well and it's and it's part of what i i like uh what i like about bronson is it's Bronson is very theatrical. Obvi- I mean, obviously, part of the conceit is that it's like a one-man stage show. Uh, but the lighting yeah. in that movie is also really, really good. And I think, you know, we lose that part of the style of Winding Refn in Bronson. But he, what he keeps, I think, is really applicable to Drive. And I don't think I've seen... This is a bold statement, and we just watched La La Land. But I don't think I've seen L.A. shot so fucking gorgeously. Those aerial night shots are just... Amazing! They're just I. I've never wanted to go to LA more than watching those aerial shots of of LA. I just it's amazing. Yeah, I keep thinking, where was the this LA when I was there? <laughs> I don't Learned know. Did, the... Were you in a helicopter <laughs> flying over? And oh god, I can't afford that kind of shit. <laughs> My favorite shot. Um, was when he's leaning against the car right before Shannon comes and he finds out like how everything, how they all found out who had the money. He's just standing there that moment of waiting, watching like his, you know, consistent, but the wheels are turning right before Shannon gets there. I just think it's fantastic. Yeah, that's a good one too. And this is a movie where like all of the little details, whether you notice them the first time or, or, you know, when you did the research, I like the only, there's a bunch of these, but the only one I bring up is the reason why uh driver drives with his thumbs over the steering wheel that way and not yeah, very through cool. uh, because in, if having a hard break or in a collision, you might break your thumb. So it's more of a, a stunt way of driving. And again, it's, it's one of those details. It's, it's like when I found out that De Niro learned how the guy in Goodfellas poured ketchup out of the bottle and you can see him pour ketchup out of the bottle in this really weird way and it's like that's like i'm just like wow like the level of detail that i would not have even thought of if i hadn't i hadn't seen and now whenever i see in goodfellas him shake the ketchup out of the bottle i'm like that's it's not some random choice it's very it's very deliberate and so when you when you see that i i just i like like you know it's multiple it's millions of little choices that make movies and i that's a little detail that i i I really appreciate it's it's it just adds so much to the characters it really does and I have to say it's interesting talking to you both about this film but Adam we talked about a a film that does remind me a lot of this film and that film is Blade Runner in very certain ways and it's a it's a stark difference the way that you talk about Drive and you talked about Blade Runner Um, and I find that really interesting and fun because this 
film is so heavily influenced by the the feel of that and the style of that movie. Uh, I, I I I couldn't agree with you more. I am a uh, listen. We're all conundrums. We're 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 <laughs> we're we are. <laughs> I'm I'm a, I'm a walking mess over here. Um, no, I don't. And, and, Aren't we all, friend? <laughs> um, and and I I I do think a lot of it is. I, I would with Blade Runner, and we definitely don't need to go down a Blade Runner tangent. But a part of it is just when I when it finally came to me, I waited so long to see Blade Runner that it was it you know it's the same reason why movies like The Big Lebowski don't resonate as much because I had been told a million times just how good they were, and I can sit back and go Blade Runner and Big Lebowski are 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 good movies. But they don't. I don't have that. Like I saw Drive early on. I didn't have anything ruined for me with Drive, and so and that's yeah. why. In a, in a similar way, I'm like, I got in early on Drive. I fuck like I'm like I'm not giving up my spot. <laughs> You're I'm not giving it brothers. up. <laughs> so yeah, I I get it though. But but come on, the L.A. the the colors, the noir vibes. It's not a true noir, but it's like it pulls from it. Absolutely, totally. It's awesome. I mean. Awesome. It- I think that you said this uh, in our director's episode, but if any movie is a vibe, this movie is a vibe. Kind of like uh, Lost Highway was a vibe. Oh, yeah. God, what a the fucking, that movie's a vibe. God, it's too late, but I want to watch Lost Highway now. Uh. <laughs> right? I know. <laughs> I know. Um, can we talked about, I, we've talked about a lot of the cast, uh, a lot of the moments. I mean, I have we given enough time to the, to the soundtrack? Probably not. I, you can never give enough time to this soundtrack. It is consistently on my Spotify wrapped at the end of the year as well. This and Redline. And next year, probably La La Land. <laughs> as it should be. <laughs> I'll just save you the time. It's not going to end up on mine. Um, so, so first... So I I love the the song that kicks in after after the opening after the the opening uh, driving scene. Um, uh, when you keep me under your spell pops on um, is great. So I'm gonna tell you a real hero. Now I, I promise I'll keep this short. I'll keep this as short as I possibly can. So when I was in grad school, I had a movement teacher, and we were doing these exercises in his class, and. I, the songs were interesting and the exercises were interesting. And I finally asked him one day, I'm like, where, like, where do these, what's the genesis of these exercises? Cause a lot of the movement that I've done before, like, you know, it's these established theater makers from Poland or Japan or whatever. And he goes, Oh, I had these teachers in grad school and they had exercises. And when I asked them where their exercises were from, they said they created them. And so I wanted to create my own. And I was like, you like just created these whole cloth. And he was like, yeah. And so I left that class going, I'm going to create some movement exercises. And I did. And I, uh, I created uh, a series of exercises kind of back to back, which I called the relationship series. And the whole thing was about, there were four parts. There's uh, a meeting, a connection, uh, a disconnection and a reunion. And it's sort of like a, a relationship. And the second song, the, the coming together, I use a real hero. That's the song I use in my movement exercise. And so, oh, and so be- cool. because, it's just, it's just really good, and I really it's like good. it. Uh, and I know it's kind of, kind of about the real, like about Sully, but I don't care. Like for me, it's like, 
it's just oh yeah i just what i don't know if it's just like the actual like the vocal quality of the singers or the synth or both probably or its connection to this film but i just it all works for me when they're driving down the t2 la river like tunnel i'm like come on i literally have in my notes hey t2 what's up (laughs) um no, I, I totally agree. I think that that whole shot is just beautiful. It's incredible. And I mean, this is something that you get with Irene the entire movie. It's so warm when she's around. Absolutely. Um, Perfect it's, word. It's yes. like it, it, you can feel it from it, it's palpable. Um, and of course, I do also now look at it with kind of a jaded perspective and I go, oh, this is the idea of Irene that he has. We don't actually know who Irene is because... Refn never gave us an opportunity to know who she is, which so maybe I have more of an issue with Refn himself than I do with the movie. But um, anyways, I think he might be problematic. But um, but still, it's beautiful. And that song just hits so hard. And and watching them together in that little like hidden oasis in dingy L.A. is incredible and beautiful. And I don't know if there's a I don't know if there's a soundtrack I prefer over this one. I think this is might be my favorite soundtrack to a movie. Other Redline is up there pretty high though. I'm going to be perfectly honest. When I really need to get pumped up, I put on Redline. But this is one that I listen to all the time because it's just nice to have in the background and I don't know, there's there's a feeling you get when you listen to it. It's just yeah. It was a great 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 job, Brittany. <laughs> so so two things. Uh one, I when that movie starts to fade out with like Anna real hero, real human being, and that's when she's watching him carry Benicio, that also adds to that moment for me. Uh but the second thing, so my unsung hero, uh, his name is Eric Craig. He is the music supervisor for Drive. And I think in the way that the songs and the score are used in this, I mean, I could have picked Cliff Martinez because I think his score stands alone, but the needle drops and the songs used in this movie are also their own thing. And so I, I wanted to give love to Eric Craig for kind of picking the moments and when I would have gone with the sound editor, which kind of does, it's like right over that, but you got an Oscar nomination. You're fine. So I'm going to go with Eric Craig. <laughs> Uh, who is the music supervisor for Drive? And I agree, the soundtrack just rips. Oh, and I, um, in my 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 little booklet here, I didn't. So the um the the Uber operatic song, Oh My Love, when he's the slow motion. So what I didn't yeah. realize is that that is an opening title theme to a movie called Goodbye Uncle Tom, which is an Italian. Uh, not not quite a giallo, but a um a movie from 1971, which is a real real deep cut like a deep movie cut and again when i read that i was like you pull it all the streaks out for this movie that's amazing and like that's like the slow stalker at night like that's exactly what he's doing it like totally fits the vibe of that movie anyways um i love that little little factoid there that's great that's really cool um the book you got is great Dude, I fuck. I listen. I spent probably I'm not gonna lie, like ninety dollars on this thing, but it came with the movie and the book and these essays. I and and like all this information. Like, and, and I who knew I was gonna be talking about Drive? I didn't when I bought it. So, hey, listen, you're a real estate mogul. You could do these things. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not listen. People are gonna start contacting me about that. I cannot. I cannot help you. <laughs> With your real estate deals, listen. I here you want you want sell at the right time. That's my advice. Yeah. Can you sell at the right it. time? That's it. That's it. But you know, no. But like for all that for ninety dollars, 
just single well and it also copies of movies are yeah it like was an import $40. from the uk so that that's oh all that's right. that's so that's that's part of it i support you <laughs> we'll have things oh shit i literally I just yanked out my headphones um i got very excited by joey's support so <laughs> he's so excited about this movie that he yanked out his headphones listen i fucking love this movie i, I he really kicks do. his headphones through the wall <laughs> yeah, yeah he gets so mad he just starts kicking the ground I yeah I I I was I was so ecstatic that I just wanted to I took out my headphones so I could say the line about shoving teeth down throat again I just right right into my head perfect um, we talked we, we did shots I think and 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 I don't know if we did scenes um, mine's a big cheat mine's a huge cheat it's the opening Mine of the too. movie okay Mine's yeah. too <laughs> it's the opening there's there anything else that it's one of the best opening scenes of all time how is it anything other than that. That's great. Okay. I tried to get like cute, but I, I, it just all felt like a lie not going that way for myself. I mean, I can't disagree with that. It's not my favorite scene. I think it's incredible, though. But I've already, <laughs> but I, I had to go with something else. And as much shit as I've given this scene Uh-oh. during this, I think you both are going to be like, I can't believe you are saying this. But it's absolutely the elevator scene. Are you freaking kidding me? It's so well done. I freaking love it. As much shit as I've given. Yeah, yeah, no. Oh, I, it's super problematic, and I still love it. I are, don't even care. We are um, all walking conundrums. I love it. I love it. We are. I'm I'm absolutely a walking conundrum. I have such an issue with the way that, like, the way that he acts in this movie, especially towards Irene, and yet I still really love that scene. I love the fact that... Um, Refn called Gaspar Noe and was like, hey, I need to know how to smash a head. And if you've seen Irreversible, oh, then let me tell Jesus. you, Gaspar Noe is the person to uh, to call. I mean, and he went to France and like walked him through it. I, I, I've only seen, I think, oh, I've only seen Irreversible and Enter the Void. But like, I, I don't. I think, like I, th- I think my my I, my synapses stopped working after I watched those movies. <laughs> I was not, well, I, I was not the same person. I did have Gaspar Noé on my potentials for like directors for next year, oh, and then I shit. went, I'm not going to put you through that, so I crossed him off real quick. Listen, listen, um, it's not make listen, your own decisions. I, that's ex- I, that's what I was going to say. <laughs> I don't know if I can put myself through irreversible again. So yeah. Well, Fair, fucking fair point there. But yeah, no. Um, also, like now I'm gonna it's... come back with the oop oop, and now I'm gonna pick them. <laughs> Hell yeah, go for! It. I I would be actually so excited. Um, let's all watch climax. Uh, but I, which is really good if you haven't seen it. I love climax, but oh, I'm like the man. only person in the world that does. Um, but anyways, back to my favorite scene. Um, the way that he when he you know they get in the elevator. He pushes her behind him and the lighting changes. It's perfect. It's brilliant. He turns around. They have an incredible kiss in slow-mo that I'm like, wow, that is that is the only kiss that ever needs to be filmed ever again. It's perfect. And then he smashes his head in. Um, now it's great. Now, Britt, I'm cu- I mean, I'm obviously curious for both of your opinion, but but especially with the nice the nice uh like Look over here. I'm going to pick this one um, with the scene. Now, some of the things I read is this idea that that act, that kiss never actually takes place, that it's all just up here, um, because because of the stark lighting change and because the pushing her back, it's like that might happen, but the kiss, it's it's all up here. Oh. Now, now I'm gonna I'm gonna be real. 
I don't know whether I dig that or not, but I wanted to pose because that's something that I read and I was like, I'm curious to get you guys' opinions on this. That is something I have never considered in my life, to be perfectly <laughs> honest. Um, I, I don't think I hadn't that either. It is, and I don't, I, I feel like it's kind of grasping at straws, to be honest. Yeah. Um, to to it say happened. that because it there's was no awesome to not happen. Yeah, yeah. There's there's no lead up to that, and also we haven't seen that anywhere else in the movie. So why would this? Why would he now be going into that place? But then he does disassociate later, basically when he puts on the mask. So I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. Um. My 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 my, my last little thing about uh the end of the movie and and in in the uh, now for people who are familiar with the book there there's a there's a drive to uh book um that's out there Driven. um but uh i what do you i want to ask you about the ending and i guess driver's fate what do you what do you think happens with driver and you can be vague if you don't i'm i'm just i'm curious to get your your thoughts like do we think do we does he live does he live on does he live a day or does it do the wounds take over I think he you know he's connected enough. He finds some sketch doctor. I think he ends up in Mexico for a bit before he gets himself into another another bit of shenanigans. I yeah, I don't think I need to know to be perfectly honest. I I kind of don't care whether he lived or died because I think that that's the end for him no matter what. I think that whatever he does next is going to lead to a similar fate if this did not kill him. But he did get stabbed pretty thoroughly. And I bet that Bernie knew where he needed to stab. So I I kind of like the idea of him just driving until he expires in the car. I and I think I I think I used to think that, and I got to say, like doing this podcast and also also being in the world of academia, I I start to think way too like. What's another way I can take this? And uh, (laughs) so one of the recurring bits he has with Benicio in the movie is the staring contest uh, in the elevator. And then once I think once again in in uh, in their apartment and that last shot, which is just on Gosling's face and he's not moving. And you might for a second think that he's dead. And then he blinks. And for mm-hmm. me, that's the blink of somebody who watched somebody blinked for like blink first, and now I can blink. And and I'm gonna totally say it. I think he I think he was having a staring contest with death, and I think he won. Now, what he does oh. next, I have no idea. I but and, but, I, but I go back to Brit on the, I I don't care. But I think that's the decision was like no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make it. It's almost like he's making the act. I'm going to live. What happens next? I have no idea. I like that. That's very yeah. Uh... I'm, that's very academic. Yes. Yeah, I love that. I love that. <laughs> but I actually, I, I really like that because it just adds more to it, right? It's driver, Odysseus driver. Yeah. <laughs> I do like that a lot. Any, any, I, I don't, I don't I definitely don't want to cut anybody off. And I, I definitely came in hot because I love this movie. So any, what other, what other lingering thoughts do y'all have? I mean, I feel like we haven't even talked about the, the scorpion and the frog yet oh we definitely have not talked about the scorpion and the frog (laughs) because that's a pretty big motif throughout this whole movie considering that jacket which okay this is a question before we get to that is this look that jacket one of the most iconic looks of like modern cinema uh i i think so um and it it, yeah i don't want to get us off track 
But yeah, I, we yes. can absolutely get off well, track. No, what are I you just, talking about? I just Go wanted, for it. I, I think I I love the jacket on. Like I I could never pull it off. No, oh, I'd look like a clown. But, but I, my God, he but, pulls it off. Yeah, as like a, as a character and what he does, I think it's great. I will say that the uh, the pseudo denim button up that he I don't like that. That's not a good look. <laughs> and like he he looks fine no. in it, but like just as style, I've never liked that. As I don't like it. Put him in something else. You don't like? I, I don't no. like the shirt. But the but the the jacket choice. And I agree. I think it's very iconic. Yeah, absolutely. I um, have, have a confession, confession to make. make. I, I came, came over, over here wearing, wearing a jacket that is a satin bomber, bomber jacket. jacket. And, and on, on the back, back it, it has, has a skull. skull. Um, so, so I obviously, obviously think, think it's very iconic. And so does my husband because my husband bought me the bomber jacket. jacket. Uh, so, so yeah, yeah when I, was, I, was, I was putting getting ready today. And I looked down at what I was wearing. And you'll go, oh. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe that's, that's a little drive inspired. I was like, like maybe, maybe a little? little? Yeah, yeah, I think so. We, we both uh, did love this movie a lot when we were younger. younger. Um, but, but back, back to, to the scorpion, scorpion and the frog. I have, I have a question, question for you both. Do you, do you think, think he's, he's the, the frog or do you, do you think, think he's, he's the scorpion? Because there's two interpretations of this, right? It could be that he's constantly wearing the scorpion on his back because he knows that what he's doing is going to eventually lead to his downfall. Or... Is he the scorpion because he is going to lead eventually to his downfall? Oh. And then there's a... Then there's a whole, like, Egyptian take of the scorpion as the healer. Ooh. Pray tell. Yeah, no, that's pretty it. (laughs) (laughs) Favorite answer of the night right there. Yeah, I, I think I think I think the Egyptian god is like Skerit. Uh, I'm probably saying it wrong, but it's you know it's a healing god and um, symbolized by the scorpion. That's amazing. I should know this. I love mythology, but I did not. This is probably how he sees himself. Yeah. See, I, I think of him as the scorpion because I think that in the end, he is the reason that everything happens and um, his good intentions were uh, in the wrong place and um, his actions did end up leading to what happened in the end. So, say, so I, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Exactly. So I do see him as the scorpion myself. Um, I just figured we had to talk about it because he literally calls and says, do you know the story of the <laughs> scorpion and the frog? And I was like, that's a little heavy handed, don't you think? Yeah, there. I will say, like, there aren't too many moments of the movie that I, I, I find faults with. I, I definitely feel like bringing up the scorpion and the frog is not great. I haven't. My other real nitpick is when he rams Nino's car off of the off the cliff. His car doesn't seem to have had any damage whatsoever. And as somebody who has been in a, a head-on collision where people were going like 15 miles an hour, the I, my car was totaled. My car was absolutely totaled. He drove full speed into another car and his headlights both work. Bullshit. Bullshit on that. Um, yeah, I mean, especially a, a, a sitting car, like his legs are probably crushed. <laughs> anyway, that's a real small. That's That's not, I mean... I mean, when I got into Shannon built these cars for contact, though. So I think did. Okay, okay. I you know what? It is a stunt car. Area to look because Shannon's doing stuff like okay, the Impala. It's the most like all those cars are for a purpose. I'm going to issue a retraction. That is good thinking on your feet. That makes total sense. Pew pew. 
He was uh, Joey was my scorpion, and he healed me in that moment from my bad he take. Did. So. <laughs> Joey is the scorpion <laughs> of 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 the crew. I'm just the chaos bubble that hates lists, you know. Uh, He's gonna throw a wrench in everything. Um, you know what I really have a problem with, though, Blanche. She is just such a throwaway character in this. She isn't given any opportunity to really do anything. And then she gets her head shot off. Like, Well, and I would have loved... I, well, first of all, I just love Christina Hendricks. Talk about like... Oh. God, I... I oh, God, I love just, her. Just, I am madly in love with Christina Hendricks. Anyways, I don't have much relationship um, with her. Well, I just know her from, from Mad Men, but she's... She, and she's got a, a, like a great supporting role in that. Like, enough... Yeah, anyways, we're not going to talk about Mad Men. Um, I haven't seen Mad Men. Oh, well, there you go. There you go. Um, yeah. But uh, but I I just think, because it's, I think it's very clear, it's more clear in the book that Blanche is in on the, the, the job, the pawn shop job. And God, I just, yeah, give her, I don't know, more, like, let us know that she's in on it. Even that, like, even knowing that she's in on it would, would make it a, a more interesting character. Well, and... And not only did they not let us know that she's in on it, she then is, you know, the the driver man handles her and, and smacks her and, and basically says he's going to kill her, which, you know, circumstances being what they are, he was very up, upset. But again, last shot in violence. Um, but then she goes to the mirror and the last shot we have of her is her crying, kind of coming to terms with what she has done because it's her fault that everything happened. And then she gets her head blown off. So they're kind of like allowing her to, she's being punished for being untrustworthy. Basically, the movie is being really, really cruel to Blanche. And I found that really awful. And it made me sad. But again, I think. Maybe I, it was all on her? I, I, I think it, it, it's, it's, a, it's kind of an extension of that, the cook thing too, where it's like, it's not even really Blanche's fault. Like, She's no. just there and a part of it, but because she's not, she's not Nino or Bernie. Like she's she's easily dismissible. Also, she's the low man on the she's the low person on the totem pole absolutely. of this empire. So she's just a pawn in it, unfortunately. So whether she feels guilt or just knows that there is no way out for her because she knows Nino guys are going to come take take out everybody. Oh yeah, what was that forty thousand dollars and it ended up being a million? Jesus, that's a discrepancy. I was just about to say, I are we really gonna go do this like armed armed robbery for forty k when you've got to split it between many people? You're probably getting out with like a couple grand, and that's it in this scenario. It was all for Cook, right? His driver wasn't getting anything, and um, Stander was just getting his family. Yeah. So all the money was going to Cook and Co. And Blanche, again, poor Blanche, just there to do the job and get nothing from it except, listen, this is why when people see Cook getting hit in the face with a hammer, that you, they don't react because yeah. maybe they were all friends of Blanche and they're like, yeah, you deserve it. Just Maybe that's where justice for Blanche, through the strippers. Maybe. I would hope so. But I feel like if it was justice for Blanche, then all of them would have gotten up and beaten the shit out of him and then ripped him apart and ritualistically... Um... Um, devoured his flesh and became a group of incredible warriors who took down the rest of them. If Holy that, if shit! That, is what, That's... that would be my justice for Blanche in this story. I'm not. I'm not it's against. A very different movie. I'm not against. Yes. I was to say it. 
a very different movie. There's just like a side cannibal. That's like a gang of. That's like a from dusk till dawn like plot switch. Just like yeah. whoa. I'd be into it. I, I'm just saying, I'd be into it. Um, drive multi. Write the drive multiverse movie, and it's that's that's the that's the time perfect. change. Perfect. Yeah, that's what happens at that point. It's like uh, Mad Max style, led by these women. Into it. Into it. It would be they great. Blanches. Everybody thinks it's Golden Girls based, but it's not. <laughs> Perfect. I. Well, yeah. I, I just wanted to. I just wanted to bring up Blanche because you know there's two women in this film. Oh no, for and sure. Neither have a particular. Blanche big... gets such Blanche. Uh, you know, always be wary of when the bad guy wants to put his person in on your on your heist. Like, yeah. Come on, driver, have a little bit of foresight. Like standard, that's just not how he thinks. He's not he's not a forward thinker. Driver should have known better. But his eyes were clouded by Irene. They and were Benicio. And Benicio. And Benicio. And Benicio. Uh are any anything else, friends? I think we I think we hit the the things that kind of bring us to our, our conclusion. Yeah. I think so. So I'm I'm going to ask the question but I'm going to ask it slightly differently today because this film is no it's no longer in the book. So um Joey, I'm going to start with you. <laughs> Joey, do you think that Drive deserves to go back into the book of a thousand and one movies you must see before you die? I do. Do I get to it now? Do I take one out though? No, you can't. This is this is new. This is new ground we're breaking. Now we didn't prep for this, I, so I think we should, I, we didn't. But I think we should have to take one out. I, I okay. I'm all for it. So yes. So I I do think this belongs in the book. I believe this movie is a masterpiece. Um, and being that we get to take one out, so for for context, starting from when I got married almost 11 years ago and every wedding I ever was involved with in any way, I always was a big proponent of the minus one. So, you know, people with relationships, you invite, they get a plus one, but I always had the idea that randomly you'd send out a minus one to one person, whoever it is. And they get to uninvite one person from the entire wedding. It could be your mom. It could be a friend. It could be anybody. <laughs> so a random picking out to add is a fun idea for me. Um, but I'm going to do something newer that probably got added to take this out. And Tenet. I think Tenet should be taken out, and I think Drive should be able to stay in. Uh, as much as I love Christopher Nolan, I have I have absolutely no problem with what you just said. Uh, cool. Drive is going in. Tenet's coming out. Um, Britt. See, you had to flip the switch on me on this one. You, you, you had to do this. Well, because it gotta gotta create some dramatic tension with the answers. I, I, well, exactly. Um, I will say that had we flipped it and been like, no, you know, do you think this should replace? Should be in the book? Um, I would have said no if it was already in the book, because I wanted to replace it with Lost Highway. But since mm. we're not replacing anything, mm. um, okay. Well, yeah, because it's a big vibe and the female characters are better, uh, basically, is what it comes down to there. But if we are replacing this, if we're going to slide another movie in there, 
Get rid of Get Carter and put Drive back in. That's fine with me. That's how much I dislike Get Carter. Put Drive back in for it because it is a way more interesting story of a similar thing. Uh, well, I I also absolutely think that this should be in the book. Um, I I rarely give, and I think this is the uh, this is the not just the the theater person, but the the acting professor in me. Like when I when I grade scenes, nobody ever gets a ten out of ten. I shouldn't say this out loud, so my students will know this. But like, because there's no such thing as a perfect scene, right? It's like that that's not the kind of work that we do. Now I've given up plenty of nines, nine point fives, or whatever, but tens, nah. Same thing with movies when I rate them on, on Letterboxd. This is one, like this is a five-star movie. I, I love this movie. I love all the facets of it. And uh, in terms of taking something out, there aren't too many films from 2011, but you know what is in the book? The Artist. And I don't want it in the book. So get that fucking movie out and put Tracks. Drive In. I'll also support that. Yeah, 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 I, I support, support that, that as well. well. I, support I support Tenet, Tenet being, being taken, taken out because, man, do I, do I not like Tenet. Tenet. At it's all. a it's a lot of it's a lot of something going on in that. Something happened in that movie. movie. Christopher Nolan, Nolan doesn't, doesn't even know what it is. But that's, that's okay. okay. Can I tell you what I did? This is not important. I, I'm going to keep yeah. it in though. I in the height of COVID, because I so desperately wanted to see this, I drove to Idaho to see Tenet in the theaters. I Whoa. did wow. that. I did that. I don't regret what kind it. Of drive was I don't, that? What kind of what like about six hours? <laughs> Do you have family in Idaho? Like, do you- uh, not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I hope it was a very good experience in the cinema for you. I well, there was no, only you'll never like, forget the movie though. No, no, and there was only three other people, and it was on a very, very big screen, and I wasn't near any of them. So, for what it was worth, and and to see that movie on a big screen, I was I, I left going, what was it about? I'm not sure, but my my eyes are, are like, whoa. Um, so, yeah. uh, so, so, but you know, obviously enough of Tenet, enough of the artist and get Carter. We, uh, we all think that drive should be put back into the book. Uh, but of course, as always, we want to know what you think. So please find us on, on the socials, on Twitter, on, um, on Instagram. There's a Facebook out there, but we don't really check it. Um, on, uh, you can listen to us in all the places where you find podcasts and, um, who wants to talk about what's coming up next? Because I'm not going to lie. I have forgotten who this is assigned to. It's me. Yeah. Um, so we are going to talk about Cool Hand Luke. Very excited. Now, this is a movie I have not seen. So I'm very you excited. Oh, really? No, cool this is. Yeah. Luke? This was, I think this was one or. One or yeah. yeah. Actually, the next two, the next new watch for me. Too. The next two movies I haven't seen that we oh, we're going to cover. I watched this when I was a kid. Here we go. No, this is pretty new for me. Yeah, awesome. So yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna be going back to the '60s. Uh, we're gonna go with another the very another handsome male lead in oh, this. God, so Paul handsome. His blue eyes. Another blue eyed like lead, just like Ryan Gosling. I'm uh, trying to see how much I could say handsome every episode. <laughs> <laughs> so many handsome. So uh, you will you will hear us next time when we discuss Cool Hand Luke. But until then, I am Adam. I am Britt. And I'm Joey. And we will see you for Cool Hand Luke. It's hard.